From the KTOO newsroom in Juneau, I'm Yvonne Cremery. Good afternoon. A historic downtown Juneau building that hosted the first territorial Alaska legislature is being demolished. An excavator tore into a long, empty, historic building downtown on Wednesday. David McCasland, owner of Deckhand Dave's and the outdoor food court in the adjacent lot, bought the former Elks Hall building this summer. He says he was hoping for a different outcome for the building. Just let him know that I tried, that that was my main intention, and that the building was totaled and it wasn't, wasn't savable. McCasland hired Northwind Architects for the project. Shannon Crossley is an architect with the firm and a historic preservationist in Juneau. She's also on the city's Historic Resources Advisory Committee. So it sat uninhabited for, I think, three years or something like that. And the conditions in the building just got worse and worse. And so eventually it turned from how do we save this building to how do we uh, try to try to maintain the facade in some way. And then that wasn't feasible anymore. It was just a really sad story. Crossley says by the time the building changed hands, it was far too expensive to save any piece of it. McCaslin had a personal connection to the building. I actually worked in it like 10 years ago. And I remember like being like, man, it'd be so awesome to own this building. This building is so sweet. McCaslin had been making offers on the building for years. Crossley said in that time, the conditions worsened. And because they couldn't agree on a price for that building, it just languished. According to the Alaska Division of Corporations, Business, and Professional Licensing, Eric Emmert and Deborah Percy were the previous owners of the building. Attempts to reach them were unsuccessful. The building was built in 1908 and hosted the first territorial Alaska legislature in 1913. And then the first thing that they voted on was to give women the right to vote. On the first floor was a Turkish bath and bowling alley, and the second floor housed a ballroom. The third floor, where the legislature met for the first time, was removed in the 1940s, and the outside was renovated to the stucco look it had until its demolition. More recently, it housed the Rockwell restaurant and bar downstairs. Crossley says Juno's historic buildings hold the authenticity of the town. And when we lose that historic fabric, it's gone forever. So I would love to see more of a community investment in the historic buildings of Juno. Crossley says public funding that supports preserving and using historic buildings would help prevent this fate for other sites. McCaslin isn't certain of his plans for the lot. In the past, he's publicly talked about creating housing and restaurant space. He says he's trying to figure out what's possible financially. In Juneau, I'm Yvonne Cremery. When painter David Rosenthal came to Alaska nearly 50 years ago, he was captivated by the expansive glory of icy landscapes. Over his career, he's painted ice, snow, and glaciers in Alaska, the North Pole, Greenland, and even Antarctica, inadvertently capturing climate change in his brushstrokes. His Alaska State Museum showcase, Painting at the End of the Ice Age, is a retrospective that places his paintings in the context of human-caused warming and glacial retreat. Rosenthal sat down with KTOO's Anna Canny to talk about his experiences capturing the last remnants of Alaska's glaciers. So you've been a painter for decades, um, and you've always painted landscapes. But as this exhibit showcases, you have an affinity for icier landscapes. Can you kind of tell me how you found that focus? I grew up in Maine. The Ice Age was over. But we used to always hear about it because, you know, we'd be driving 
buy a field with these boulders everywhere. And my parents would go, the glacier left those, you know, and it was really something that I used to think about and was fascinated by. And, you know, I was in Maine doodling and, you know, doing these paintings and some of them were pretty good, but I, uh, barely sold anything. I had just graduated with an interdisciplinary degree, which doesn't prepare you for anything. So just by chance, I got this job in a cannery up in Cordova, thinking I'll just go up there for a job because, you know, compared to Maine, it sounded like a lot of money. So I go up to South Central Coast, Alaska, basically which is surrounded by some of the remnants of the ice age. There are all these glaciers and ice fields, you know, some, this is some of the biggest glaciation in North America. And this is where basically this was my playground for years. And so that's how I, I mean, I, all during this time, I did other things besides ice, but I just, ice glaciers are just so the colors and the, the way the light hits them, I mean, it's they're just a beautiful subject for painting. What were some of your earliest glacier paintings? Well, in Cordova, we have these glaciers, Childs and Miles, about, oh, 52 miles out of town. And when I first saw it in 77, you there was a little area in this brush and you could just kind of sit there and watch the face of this was about a mile long, the active face, and it was about 300 feet high in places. And you just go out there for the afternoon and watch these calving chunks, you know, 300 feet high and 200 yards wide. And, and it would actually throw waves across the river. You had to be careful. You had to run sometimes. It was just the wonder of the world. So you've been painting these landscapes, obviously, for years. You've been painting ice for years. But when did you realize that, taken all together, these paintings say something about climate change? It was funny because I'd see everywhere these exhibits and journalists writing about climate change, you know. And a lot of them were, oh, yeah, so-and-so, I have five years on the ice, you know, or studying this ice, and this one glacier has retreated 100 meters, and you know, that sort of thing. And I'm thinking, wait a second, I'm living around for the last 40 years, glaciers that have retreated 15, 16 miles. And so I've never been any kind of activist, but there was a lot of times that I would think about what I was doing and, well, you know, you've spent your life making pretty pictures, you know, what good is that, you know? And and so then it dawned on me, well, wait a second, this is my chance to give back something. I mean, and one thing this exhibit really drives home is that we're seeing change happening so fast that in one painter's lifetime, you can catch all of this. Yeah, yeah. You know, this uh, in geological time, my, well, now it's almost 47 years painting glaciers. <laughs> In geologic time, that's nothing. But with glaciers, you get significant changes. So it's it's one of the best ways to illustrate these changes. And it's sad. Like, uh, for my first years in Cordova, I used to just go up for the summer. But in 81, I moved there full time. 
And one winter day, some friends invited me to go out to uh, this Saddlebag Glacier. It's a relatively small one. But that memory is etched in my head because you come around this corner in the stream and you just like, there's this wall of ice. And it was around the solstice. So the yellow sun, even at noontime, made the ice look this incredible emerald green. And then 2018, there's not even ice. It's just gravel in this canyon. And, and it's so sad to see these young people. Like, you used to just drive out and watch this in cab. You know, you could hike up for miles and can't do it anymore. That was painter David Rosenthal, interviewed by KTOO's Anna Canny. If you want to check out the glacial ice of old, check out the new exhibit, Painting at the End of the Ice Age, at the Alaska State Museum, open now through early March. You're listening to KTOO.